It's an unusual sight, an airplane full of people, and most not wearing masks. A U.S. federal judge in Florida struck down the mask mandate for public transportation. Meanwhile, in China, the zero-COVID policy is running into problems. Over two years into COVID-19 and cases remain low in North America. After the recent ruling, United, Delta, American, and Southwest have all ended their company mask mandates. Amtrak and Uber followed suit. But in China, things are different. The government continues their zero COVID policy. We heard from a professor in Shanghai, China's largest city. They've been in a full lockdown for more than a month. And some of the Chinese people are revolting against the measures. Food shortages are becoming common. And those who test positive are whisked away to quarantine camps. These two COVID responses couldn't be more opposite. But opposites aren't new. People have two reactions to the empty tomb as well. Some mock while others believe. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Wednesday, we're continuing in a series called The Empty Tomb. Imagine what it would have been like to actually see that empty tomb. Would you have rejoiced? Or would you have been filled with fear? I think the latter might have been the case for Mary Magdalene. She went to the tomb expecting to see the body of Jesus. In fact, she and a couple of her friends were going to finish preparing the body with spices. And the Bible says they did indeed see his body, but it wasn't what they were expecting. Jesus was more alive than they had ever seen him. And it's this very real event that changed the world forever. Stay with me. I want to encourage you with Mary's story. And after the program, I'd like to send you the resurrection documentary that has blessed so many in their faith in the risen Lord. Dr. N.T. Wright does a mighty job telling the story of the reality of Christ's resurrection as he visits places in Greece and Israel, like the possible tomb where Jesus rose from the dead. Christianity didn't begin as a new religious experience. It began with the claim that something had happened something which had changed the world, something that had happened to Jesus. And when we trace that claim, we find that it goes back to two things in particular. First, to the belief that the tomb really was empty. Second, to the belief that the disciples really had met Jesus alive again in a transformed body. How do we explain that? Lots of theories have been tried, most of them pretty thin and unconvincing. The one that fits the evidence like a glove and that is the simplest of all is that it's actually true, that Jesus really was raised from the dead. That's Dr. Tom Wright, the most prolific scholar alive today who has written about the resurrection. I know this movie will strengthen your faith. It's also a helpful DVD to share with others who don't believe to help them see Jesus really did rise from the dead. Our number for after the program is 800 654 2836-865-HAVEN. Or go to our website, check out our blog with excerpts from Dr. Wright about the resurrection, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now we open the program with Phil Wickham and Christ is Risen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
heaven's sweet embrace. I see your scars, your open arms, and the beauty of your face. Through tears of joy, I lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. Welcome to Haven Today on this Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris. We're continuing our series called The Empty Tomb. And we opened with Christ is Risen by Phil Wickham. You know, I've enjoyed having N.T. Wright on the program. And I don't think anyone else in our day has studied Christ's bodily resurrection as much as he has. And if I'm being completely honest, sometimes I wonder if we as Christians care enough about the resurrection. That may sound a bit strange, so I better explain. We focus on the cross of Christ, and rightly so. Jesus came to die for the sins of his people. That was part of the plan all along. The Lamb of God had to be slain so that the people of God could be saved. And Paul speaks about preaching Christ crucified, of course. But if Jesus died on the cross and then never rose from the dead, well, we wouldn't be saved. But the resurrection is just as important as the crucifixion. And that's the point that Dr. Wright was making in the excerpt we heard at the beginning of the program. The early Christians were all about the resurrection. Do you remember how the Apostle Paul defined the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And what does he say a few verses later? If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. That's how important the resurrection is. If Christ were not raised, then... This is all pointless. There wouldn't be any reason to go to church or listen to this radio broadcast. We would still remain in our sins. We would still have no hope. So maybe we should think about the resurrection more often than we do. Easter, it's a wonderful time to remember that Christ came out of the grave on the third day. But we should also think about the resurrection every time we think about the cross. And so we're going to think about the resurrection. Specifically, I want to look at John 20. Jesus did not rise from the dead and then immediately ascend to heaven. No, he walked on the earth and appeared to many of his people. And the first person who saw him was not who we would expect if we really think about it. Remember the story? Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she went and told Peter and John. And they both ran to the tomb and found it empty. What could this mean? Where was their Lord's body? Mary went back to the tomb. And we read these words starting in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Now, this was nothing less than shocking for Mary. She bent over, she looked in the tomb, 
Maybe to see the folded burial cloths again, or maybe to look for a clue. But instead she sees two figures sitting there wearing white. What on earth was going on? Where did they come from? Well, let's find out. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? And thinking it was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. So Mary was still in the midst of her grief. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You were so sad, you're so distraught, that you aren't seeing what's really going on. It's part of what we do as humans, especially when we grieve. Mary was crying. Her Lord had been unjustly killed, and now she couldn't find his body. Had they even desecrated his corpse? Was the cross not enough? But something else was going on here, something Mary couldn't have imagined in her wildest dreams. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned toward him, and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So imagine that. Here she went to the tomb, expecting the body to be there, and it was, but not how she thought. The Lamb of God had been slain, and now he was risen. God, the Father, had accepted his son's sacrifice. The price had been paid. Jesus was being rewarded for his work. He had done what he came to earth to do. And now he was standing there, wearing his resurrected, glorified body. But here's something we may not think about in this story. How did Mary know it was Jesus? She heard his voice. She saw Christ but she didn't recognize him. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, Jesus was hidden from her for a little bit, like he was wearing a disguise. So how did he reveal his identity? He spoke her name. And when she heard Mary, she knew. It was the master's voice. He was alive. Sometimes I read this story and think about what she must have felt. The shock would have been overwhelming, wouldn't you say? Have you ever seen stars? I don't mean the stars in the sky or famous people in Hollywood. I mean what happened when the blood rushes from your head too fast. I have a friend who was playing basketball in a gym at one time and running and jumping and shooting. It was a lot of fun, but he got hit in the head by the ball and he took a tumble. And he hopped up immediately, but he hopped up too fast and he saw flashes of light where the court should have been. He had to sink back down and sit on the floor for a couple of moments before he was able to stand up again. Well, that's the picture I have in mind when I read this chapter. I wonder if Mary saw stars. I wonder if she had to sit down for a moment. We don't know, of course. God didn't tell us. But her Jesus was alive. And he was standing right there in front of her in the flesh. The one who had been mangled and nailed to a tree for her sins just a few days before was now alive and glorified. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, 
to my God and your God? And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said these things to her. Women weren't seen as reliable witnesses in that time and place. In fact, their testimony wasn't even allowed to be used in court. But by the time we get to this point in John's gospel, we have seen Jesus do an unexpected thing after another. So, of course, the first person he appeared to after his resurrection was Mary Magdalene, one whose testimony would be seen as unreliable. Jesus came for the weak and the helpless, even the downtrodden. How often did he eat with tax collectors and sinners? A lot. And remember how he talked to the adulterous Samaritan woman at the well in John 4? If anyone was seen as worthless to Jews in his day, it would have been her. But that's not how our Lord thought. The Holy One came for weak, lowly sinners like you and me. He died for you and me. And he rose again for you and me. And that's worth thinking about throughout the year and not just at Easter time. How do we recognize Jesus? The same way Mary did, by hearing his voice. Do you remember why John wrote his gospel? He tells us that he recorded the signs Jesus performed so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. And when we hear God's word, we hear the voice of our Savior. We can't see him. He's hidden from our eyes. Right now, he's in heaven, ruling at the right hand of God the Father. But even though we cannot see him until we go to be with him or he returns, he still speaks to us even now. Listen to his voice. Call on his name and be saved. Because after all, our Savior is alive. We knew he was dead. It is finished, he said. We had watched as his life ebbed away. Then we all stood around till the guards took him down. Joseph begged for his body that day. It was late afternoon when we got to the tomb. Wrapped his body and sealed up the grave. So I know how you feel. His death was so real. But please listen and hear what I say. I just see.
That's a powerful song about the risen Christ, originally written by Bill and Gloria Gaither back in 1984. It was made famous by Larnell Harris and Sandy Patty. I've just seen Jesus. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, a program called The Empty Tomb. And just as we have to wrap up today's program, I'd like to send you the documentary called Resurrection an epic film that was shot in Israel, Greece, and England, showing you historical sites to help you better understand the historical aspects of Christ's resurrection. But more important, as you watch Dr. N.T. Wright teach in this film, he'll help you better understand what the Bible teaches about the resurrection. I believe after watching this documentary, your faith will be emboldened that Christ is indeed alive today. And I highly encourage you to share this with those who you know, who don't believe. And you can pray that the solid evidence that's presented on it will cause them to trust in the risen Lord. So call us right now and ask for the Resurrection DVD. Our number is 800 
65 Haven. That's 800 65 Haven. Or visit our website, watch the video we have there with Dr. Wright, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, $50 feeds a family of five for a week. So many have fled Ukraine or fled from their homes in the east of Ukraine. They're in dire need for basic things like food, water, and shelter. Would you pray about how much you can give to support refugees in and around that country in Eastern Europe? We're sending 100% of your gifts to Mission Eurasia. We're on the ground handing out food and hope in Jesus. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you've ever seen a funeral procession in New Orleans, you know they're upbeat, even encouraging. Yes, I said encouraging. The front line is the family, typically carrying the casket. Behind them, the second line, is a marching band playing New Orleans jazz for all to celebrate. The Apostle Paul once wrote in 1 Thessalonians, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Grief is unavoidable, especially for loved ones. But every Christian that dies in the Lord deserves a second-line send-off. We cry, but we celebrate their faith, their life. We grieve, rooted in hope. Get closer to Jesus daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.